This is What the Peeve, a show that explores the funny, <laughs> strange, and serious pet peeves that people have. Agree or not, our unapologetic podcast is on a mission to make people less shitty to one another. We're finding a way to make the world a better place, fixing one pet peeve at a time. I'm your host, Brittany Wien. For us, it's kind of like sometimes like people will tell you things and give you directions, especially from a client side where they think like it's clear, but it's not at all. He decided, you know what would be cheap labor? Us little munchkins out there saying, hey, don't park there. So that's exactly what they did rather than paying a security guard. Probably a three to five minute rant to me about how if I don't learn to make decisions for myself, I'm not going to get anywhere in life. Sometimes I would just leave the room to, like, take a break from him. It was just toxic. Nice people, and there were mean people, and there were cool people, and there were assholes, basically, so. I was like, dude, where do you want these fucking bread rolls? Like, what the fuck? On this episode, we'll be talking about horrible bosses and clients people have had. For me, I never really had a terrible boss because I've always worked for myself. But I will say, there was this one instant while I was working at my restaurant job, and my manager yelled at me for cleaning tables and not doing my job properly. And cleaning tables is a part of my job. So that day, I was really confused and slightly pissed off that she was yelling at me for doing my job. Anyways, on the other side, I've been doing freelance videography since I started university and now I have my own agency where we create branded podcasts and videos. So I've dealt with a number of clients over the years and luckily enough I don't think I've had any real demon soul-sucking clients from hell. But on the other hand I've had clients who would take months to pay me who were unorganized and really couldn't make up their minds and were just overall sporadic people. Okay, so I worked at a restaurant as a waitress, and I think that kitchens are always a little stressful, and I think working in the restaurant industry overall is a very stressful job, or can be a very stressful job, just because everything needs to be so quick and perfect, and I understood that, but this restaurant was so intense, and was it like describe the type of restaurant it was so it wasn't large it was pretty small it wasn't a chain or anything it was just a just your normal I guess like mom and pop restaurant maybe a little higher end but it was only him as the chef and then there was one other girl that would help him out but he would scream at us like the waitresses to no end And was crazy over it. And the doors to the kitchen were like Western style swinging doors. So it's not like there was any noise cancellation between him 
and the people eating. And there were points where you could hear what he was yelling at us and saying to us, and it was pretty bad. If there was an influx and we gave too many, he'd get pissed off and overwhelmed. And he'd say things like, tell us to get our heads out of our asses and stuff like that. Wait, what, to the waitress? Yeah, and it, like, it would not be our fault. It would be normal things and he just couldn't handle it. And he'd say stuff to us like that. And then people would hear who were eating and we'd start getting really great tips because people felt bad for us. At least you got something good out of it. Yeah, people just felt at least so I sorry got for you. Tips. Like, here's an extra five yeah. for putting up with that chef. Yeah, so I really loved everyone I worked with, like all the other waitresses. So I stayed for the entire summer and it was fine. But then I hit a point where we had an event at the restaurant and he, someone gave me a bunch of stuff to set up for this party. And I didn't know where any of this stuff was supposed to go. I asked him, I was like, hey, where do you want me to put all of the food? He went on like probably a three to five minute rant to me about how if I don't learn to make decisions for myself, I'm not going to get anywhere in life. What? I was like, dude, where do you want these fucking bread rolls? Like, what the fuck? Why are you bitching to me about... Me not being able to make decisions. I don't know where you want this stuff. But after that, it was near the end of the summer. I was moving away. So I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Like, fuck that. So I, and then called him after and I was like, I'm giving, like, I'm done. I'm not, like, I quit. That's it. And I'm not getting to his notice because I don't want to deal with this. And he was almost in tears on the phone asking me to come back. What? And saying how sorry he was. And I was just like, good. Like, you can feel bad. I'm not, I'm not coming back. Next, we have April Hussein, the managing director of Now Creative, a design and branding agency. And she's going to talk about what's it like taking shit from clients and having a thick skin. So most of our clients are great, but everyone knows in the agency world, like, you end up taking a lot of shit. You take it on from the client and then you just filter it all out for the team. So I've really experienced a lot of interesting stuff. And just keep in mind that we're kind of the middleman. So if someone gives us a design and, you know, it's approved by the CD and, you know, know, the rest of the team and you kind of just deliver it, right? So one of the most interesting things for me is seeing the kinds of feedback that we get from clients because I think it's important to, like, train your clients to give you, like, constructive feedback because sometimes they'll say things that are like, thanks for sharing your thoughts, but I can't actually take this and do anything with it, right? We once had a client, after we delivered something, he's just like, I don't see any design. And he's someone who's just like not from the design world at all. Like he's he's actually the founder of the company. So like he's really busy running the show on his end. So when he got our thing, he's just like, he's like, we, I just don't see any design. And for us as a design agency, that's like just really confusing feedback to hear. Um, So we get stuff like that all the time where it's just like not usable feedback. As the account manager, you get yelled at a lot. But for me, it's always interesting when I have like grown ass men yelling at me about stuff, right? Because all of that can be communicated through just like friendly conversation. But some people like just blow up sometimes, and if that's that's like one of the worst things can ha- that can happen. Because can, can you can like do- vaguely tell me situation yeah. that happened? Yeah, I mean, what had happened was like he wanted a quote for something, 
Um, and this is a client that, you know, had come back to us for something that they needed uh, updated after some time. Right. So we're like, you know, this is a project from like years ago. Our pricing's changed, but we made an exception for this client. And we're like, you know, you're coming back. You need some help. So we told them on the phone, like, this is like, you know, what we're estimating for the cost. Let us get back to you after we've talked with our team to figure out exactly what we would charge for this project. So there was a $100 difference between what we had estimated and what we had proposed as the cost. And that's what really set him off. And do you find it as in your position? I guess it's like, we're on a podcast, so no one can really see you right now. But you're a very like small yeah, person, very short. <laughs> yes, do you, very short. Yeah. Do you like find it hard for like people to take you seriously? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm like four ten and a half, so I'm like really small. And yeah, like I'm a woman of color, and you know all these things, like so marginalized, right? But I find that for us, like we made a pretty conscious decision early on that we want to work with people that really want to work with us, right? Think back to a time where like you like actually received like the worst comment ever and that really hit your self-esteem. You know, that's always tough. And to answer that kind of question, because for two reasons, one is after being in an agency environment for a while, you become really numb to stuff. (laughs) So people can say like, the meanest shit to you and you'll be like you'll like blank and be like okay <laughs> like that's just just another day at the agency but number two is the fact that I suppress that shit so hard because mm-hmm. for me it's so important to just like okay that happened and then just move on kind of thing right I think like so much of the job is just being able to like have that tough shell if someone's calling you dumb as shit fire that client no one should be saying that to you but also like if there's bullies like put them in their place, you know? Um, I, I try to, like, be really big on that because people will push push you around, like, all the time. The most recent time I did f- feel stupid and I feel like the, the person could have done a better job at, like, being a little bit more constructive and not as, like, you're an idiot is... Um, it's actually about the parklet situation. Okay, but explain what the parklet okay, situation so is. Essentially, we had to film a parklet for a client. And for everyone that doesn't know what a parklet is, don't worry, because I didn't know either. But it's not a park, it's not a parkette, and it's literally the size of a parking spot. So like nine by six meters or something like really stupid. So it's, it's tiny. We had to go find the spot. And the client was telling us stuff like, it's on this street, uh, north of this, south of this, like all, all these directions. And we're like, why can't you just give us an address? But we get to the location and it turns out it's just like right across from a bagel shop. And she could have just told us like, like, just come to the bagel shop. But like what I found so weird was the way the client took in the situation. She's like, you guys clearly didn't do your research. And like at one point she just got really frustrated that we weren't able to find it. Like we were on the phone with her the whole time, like trying to find the spot. So for us, it's kind of like sometimes like people will tell you things and give you directions, especially from a client side where they think it's clear, but it's not at all. You clearly didn't do your research was ridiculous because who does extensive research into a meeting spot you you guys were just meeting her there yeah we were just meeting her there that was it it wasn't even the shoot like wow yeah turns out this lady's been working on making this parklet happen for like four years so i can also empathize with her and be like okay she's been working on this damn thing for four years and she's obviously really passionate about it but sometimes that passion like seeps through and it turns into anger and that's when it sucks being an account manager up next we have Simba wakatama and he has a story of when he was working at a restaurant during high school and his bosses basically humiliated him in front of all the employees it was like a husband wife combo 
and the husband had outrageous temper tantrums. The wife was a neat freak. Here's the thing. The owners loved me, but yeah, even the guy who was a hothead, I had an issue with him too. So basically, in we had a parking lot, right? And because we were by the, the, the shorefront of, the, of Lake Ontario, and so everyone would go there in the summer. And there was paid parking or the restaurant's free parking for patrons only. So instead of hiring a parking person or security person, one day they decided, you know what, you kids, the guys who run, they decided, you know what would be cheap labor? Us little munchkins out there saying, hey, don't park there. So that's exactly what they did. Rather than paying a security guard, they're like, we're going to put you out in the heat. So one day I was doing my shift and I'm paying attention because I've got my, I'm at the entrance and I'm facing the exit. And then the daughter told the father, and I only found this after, that I had been slacking and I was not paying attention and I had let people park there for free because I didn't check that they were going to the restaurant. And so she said someone parked, and she saw it. She saw it with her eyes, right? Someone parked and left. So the owner, the dude, comes storming out in a rage. Now, this guy was, he would get, like, physically red. Bald guy, little chubs. You think of an angry Italian man who would just go into rage, like Jordan Ramsey kind of rage, where he could break plates. Comes out storming, walks up to me, and he's like, go home, in my head, thinking, what? This guy's mad at me for something. I don't know what it is. If I just take this L and go home, it's never going to be good for me. My money's gone for the summer. So you know what I told him? No. And he, that was not a reaction he was used to. He was like, uh, you've been letting people in without them going to the restaurant. And I was like, no, I haven't. He's like, yes, I saw it with my own eyes. You let that guy in, because, you know, that was the person that they pointed to. You let him in, and I was like, he didn't even park here. And then for sure, he's walking to his car out in the other parking lot. And then he's like, oh. Uh. So he realized at this point, my daughter lied to me. She was just talking crap. Oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> and then you know what he did? So he's like, fine, come with me. And then he, I, I walk with him, walk with him. And then I'm uh, walking, da, 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 da. I'm just following him into the kitchen. And then he says to the other runner, you, go home. Simba, take his shift. And I got an extra shift that day. And every day since. Did he just choose like a random sucker in the kitchen? Basically. Now, the second summer, I was like, I've had enough of this. I haven't had a vacation. I'm going to go. I'm going to quit and take a vacation at the same time. So I go to give my boss my two weeks notice. Now, mind you, at this point, I should have seen this coming because the person who had been there for so many years, you know what I mean? The right-hand person, she was the server, the oldest server in the restaurant, and she quit in a rage. Now, that gives you an idea of the storm that was brewing. So I give my two weeks notice to the lady, and she was like... Calm for a second, oddly calm. Her daughter who worked there was like, my mom wants to come see you. So I go down, I'm like thinking, oh, she's just going to send me off, you know, goodbye, goodbye. In the kitchen in front of the entire staff, she goes off like a volcano. How dare you quit? Blah, 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 blah. But you know what the weirdest thing about all this is? She's shouting at me, but it's almost like 
compliments in a way because she's like, if you quit, everyone's going to quit. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine. You can shout at me. And it is, this is what grinds my gears. This is what gets me mad. It's not people shouting at me. It's not people physically harming me or anything like that. It's people questioning my integrity, questioning my intentions. That I have no patience for, zero at all. So I was like, you know what? You can't ever say I was a bad worker a day in my life here. You can't say I, I'm not your best worker. And then she's like, you're right, but... And then she just goes off again and again and again. And in my head, I'm thinking, who does she think she's talking to? And then don't on me, oh, I'm nobody. And that was when I said, I'm never, I never want to feel like this again. I'm going to be an entrepreneur one day. That's it. I even forgot your name. You're so insignificant to me. But thank you. I would eat at your restaurant. The muscles were great. For some reason, I feel like there's a trend happening where a majority of terrible bosses are coming from the restaurant industry. I know restaurants can be a pretty fast-paced and high-stress environment, but that doesn't mean that it's an excuse to be a terrible boss or person. So what do you guys think? Let us know which industry you think has the worst types of bosses. Up next, we have Ian Buck, the managing director of Notch Video, a video agency that creates branded videos. Ian created Notch eight years ago, and he's here to talk about what it really takes to be in the agency world and what you have to put up with. With your experience of eight years, I guess like you've had like a whole range of clients, like hundreds of clients throughout the years of like having this company. Yeah. And would you say that some clients were good and then some clients were not the best to work with? I would say exactly that, yes. <laughs> it, it certainly runs a gamut, that's for sure. And it's it's funny because when you're working, you're really focused on that and, and worried about what these individual people are. And you kind of forget that it's just humans. And it's the same as anything else. There are nice people and there are mean people and there are cool people and there are assholes basically so okay let's talk about the assholes for a second yeah. <laughs> can you name specific instances from your eight years of experience where you were just like why did i take this client on is yes. it even worth <laughs> the money that they're giving me oh let's see i mean i guess it's funny because as i was thinking of this i was thinking about you know the agency experience and stuff and one of the things i always talk about is i i love hiring uh, junior people who have experience in the service industry. So waiting tables, tending bar, and that's literally the best experience you can have for working in an agency. Because if you can deal with drunk people late at night who are yelling at you, then you can deal with agency life. If you can't handle that, you probably shouldn't be in an agency. And so it's like, it's almost that bad, right? I mean, people aren't drunk, when you're working with them, um, usually, I hope. But, you know, it's that kind of level of service that you have to give. So, you know, sometimes you just mesh really well with the client and the project just goes so smoothly. On the other hand, if you just can't connect with them and, and they don't trust you is a big part of it, it's, it's when you run into, you realize you're on the 14th revision and nobody's happy. But the worst part of that is like a couple of times we've done that where we're literally almost into 20s on the revisions and then they kill it. And then you have to argue about like payment and, you know, well, we didn't deliver, but 
all this kind of stuff. What were the things that they were, like, picky about during the 14 revisions that they couldn't see in the first couple? Yeah, so we'll get stuff like, why would you put that line in there? We wouldn't say this to them, but we'd be confused and we'd talk amongst ourselves and we'd be like, they approved that script where they actually, I remember them putting that line in themselves, like, we didn't want it in there, you know? And so it can be that far of, like, of a disconnect where they're mad at you for putting in a line of script that they had added themselves and then signed off on. You can't really go back and say, well, you told us to, so it's your fault. They're not going to listen to that. And then can you think back to back to a time where there was just like an instance of like really bad miscommunication where you were just like, what? And the client kind of blamed you for it? Actually, fairly recently, we had one that that happened like that. And it was like, it was a strange, I think there there was a misunderstanding of what we were talking about as far as deliverables. It was a, a bit of a strange project because it was a, a big high-end video, but it was preceded by a very small micro content piece uh, that was like a quick deliverable. And we delivered the micro content and then they said they wouldn't work with us on the other stuff because... They didn't like the quality of the micro content and they didn't think that the big video would look good. And it was it was really strange because the amount that they paid for this tiny piece was actually correct. And then the and then what the plan was for the other video was completely different, like shooting on a bolt arm with, you know, like a phantom and all this stuff. Like it was next level proper. And um, they're like, yeah, no. Uh, we're just not going to move forward with the next part. Again, uh, that's just being a human, right? Like, mm-hmm. people are weird. And describe the most stressful project you ever had. Well, some of the travel ones tough um, because those ones you're on the road with the client, with the crew, trying to get something done. Um, uh, actually, a tough one was shooting in Cuba, shooting in a communist country makes it actually quite difficult. You can't get anything done. So simple things like uh, we're shooting in a restaurant and the cups all had beer logos on them. So normally that's like, great, you know, no problem. Let's just switch those out real quick, whatever. We literally could not get different glasses. We couldn't even go buy glasses. It was so weird. And so we had to like kind of shoot around it. We're turning around every cup and like, you know, um, but like weird, weird problems like that, that you never really expect. Those are the most stressful um, because they kind of come out of nowhere. Agency life isn't necessarily for everyone, but for the people who enjoy that service industry type of stuff, um, it's amazing because the advantage of it is you're doing so much stuff. Uh, such a high volume of work and you're getting so much experience. Yeah, there will be some bad experiences in there, but there's so many good ones. It far, for me anyways, far outweighs any kind of negative ones. So, Lastly, we have Kaneda Weahardra, and she has an experience that young graduates should never go through. Basically, having a racist, sexist boss who would constantly be late on payments. It was actually a few days after my birthday. Someone from my alma mater, uh, University of Toronto, hit me up on LinkedIn. She messaged me saying, hey, I've been interning at this one media company 
And I see that you're in a communications program that I'm quite familiar with. I would like you to meet with my boss. Um, so I said yes. I set up a meeting with her boss. He was very uh, salesy, I would say. Desperate, I wouldn't say so. But he was very like adamant that he wanted me. And you know... That's quite affirming to see someone with that attitude when they see my resume for the first time. So I started a week and a half after I met him. Can you describe what kind of company um, this guy does? Like, what do they do? As like, yeah. what services do they give to their customers? They work a lot with entrepreneurs, and then what they do is that they deliver um, social media marketing uh, strategy. You know, maybe some promotional. I don't know, branding, you know, there's not really a good mis- vision and mission with this company. It's something that I should have kind of, I guess it's a mini red flag. I didn't really catch it back then. And describe what kind of boss he was. Like, how did he treat you like day to day? Oh my gosh. He had an only child syndrome, I would say. So he thinks he can get away with anything, even though he was joking, quote unquote, but Sometimes, like, his jokes went out of line. It could be very sexist. It could be very racist. Oh, man, he would blatantly say, I hate people of, like, the South Asian descent. Which is, like, the majority of people here in Toronto. It was just one of those things that just, like, shocked me to the core and I wouldn't know what to say. Sometimes I would just leave the room to, like, take a break from him. It was just toxic. What was, like, the worst thing he ever, like, done to you while you were working there? He paid me late all the time. And I found out that over time that it's not okay. But, I mean, at the time, I was young and I didn't know. And so January came by and then one day he said to us that he can't pay us at the end of the week because his bank account got hacked. So I was like, all right, that sucks. But I mean, I can handle it for like one or two days. It happened again uh, two weeks later. You know, it became kind of a routine after a while. But then over time, he kind of postponed it a little longer. It can go up to like a week or two weeks. He would miss a month's worth of payments. How would you pay for your stuff? I know. I don't know how I did that. I think I was really thrifty with everything. Oh my God, I can't believe I put up with that. (laughs) I don't know, I can't believe you put up with that too. So I was very much of a pushover too at the time. So my business manager knew that we were being paid later. And then at some point she was like, okay, this is not okay because you have bills to pay. You have groceries. This is actually illegal. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about this ESA situation, how you had to go to the the Ministry of Labor. Basically, the ESA is like your virtual HR. So if anything that you feel uncomfortable doing at work or if you feel like um, you're confused about, um, you can always just call them and be like, is this okay? What should I do? After like six bounce checks... Six bounce checks. Six. I told her my situation and then she was like, you should file a claim. So what they do, the first step is that the ESA would call them and be like, hey, you need to pay this person. So that's what they did. 
like my former employer didn't do anything after a few weeks. And so I emailed him and asked him like, hey, like what's going on with the payment? And then after that, he gave me the snarkiest email. What was it? Tell us he word was, for word. Oh, he said that I can't believe you filed a claim to the ESA. It was very unexpected. And what do you I was mean like, unexpected? You didn't pay me for months. Oh, and gave me so many blank checks. There's nothing else I can do. Your business manager can't even do anything. Your accountant hasn't been doing anything. So what else can I do? I was not working there anymore. So there was not like no fallback, I guess. What What is the situation now? What's the status on it? Now, um, it's still at the Ministry of Labor. Um, so this is still going on. You're still waiting for your two checks. The ESA lady moved it to a higher inspector. And the higher inspector actually is a little scarier. I was, I was happy about that. Because... <laughs> ESA lady was really nice. And I did tell her that, hey, like, you know, he gave me this email and he does have the tendency to be threatening because he would say those comments when I was working there. You know, like he would, oh, like the worst thing I heard was, you know, rape jokes towards me, too. The inspector basically told me that he's going to do an investigation. And recently I've been calling them and they finally got back to me today. And then they said that the case has been moved to the Ministry of Finance. The Ministry of Finance can basically access his bank account and just seize the money from there and collect it and basically relay the money to me. What would you say to your former boss now? Die in a ditch. <laughs> this has been the end of our episode and thank you so much for listening. This has been What the Peeve and I'm your host, Brittany Ween. For all the latest updates, or if you want to be featured on our podcast, be sure to follow us and send us a little DM on Instagram at whatthepeeve underscore. Also, please support our podcast by subscribing and giving us a five-star review. Without you guys, there wouldn't be a show. Thanks again.